And we are live. Welcome on in, ladies and gentlemen. Bienvenidos, señoras y señores. This is the NAI Ball Podcast. Coming to you live on a Tuesday evening here. Cody out in Georgia. I'm in South Texas. And we are ready to go over a lot of information with you this week. A lot to talk about, Cody. Before we bring you in, we've got top 25 rundown. Who's in? Who's out? We'll even talk a little bit about our top fives and top tens. We've got our podcast, Hitter and Pitcher of the Week, Best of the Week for our series review, shout-outs and mentions as always, Silverback Sports Big Series of the Week, and then Conference Talk. We're going to go over our favorites and our dark horse for the AAC, the GPAC, the Southern States, and the Red River. It's going to be a jam-packed information week. We are excited to do it. The foremost authority on NAI Baseball. Mr. Cody Butler is with me now live on the podcast. Cody, man, what's going on? Happy to have you here right now. No, man, I'm ecstatic to be here. It always feels like a big week, man. Our first top 25 polls coming out. We're really excited just to see some change. It's the first one of the season. A lot of the hard work is going to finally pay off, and I'm really just looking forward to the results. It's going to be a fantastic week. As always, if this is your first podcast, that man that just talked is the foremost authority on NAI Baseball, the man himself, Mr. Cody Butler. I am the host of the NAI Ball Podcast, Mr. Robbie Gutierrez, at robg 1063 You can also find us at NAI Ball on Twitter and Instagram mainly. All of your new stat scores, informations, and highlights, Instagram people, if you haven't been checking it out, you need to do so now. Instagram is where all of our highlights are going up, and it's the best way for us to expand coverage and highlight more players across the nation. Before we get rolling here, I have to tell you about the official sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast. This podcast is brought to you by Silverback Sports at Shop Silverback and ShopSilverback.com. Silverback Sports is the official sponsor of the NAI Ball Podcast, the alpha in arm care and training essentials, premium and durable material for individual and team use. And they're always available at ShopSilverback.com. That's ShopSilverback.com. Be sure to unlock the Silverback in you. Folks, Silverback Sports, an NAI-made company owned by NAI coaches, some great people in that you have to use them. Check them out. Go to ShopSilverback.com and see everything they've got and how they can save you money on arm care and training essentials. Cody, man, let's get rolling with our shout-outs and mentions for the week. First and foremost, our thoughts are definitely with Southeastern right fielder Christian Martin, whose season ended last week after a rough in-game injury. Martin was having an absolutely incredible season, hitting north of 400 with 10 home runs as the leadoff man for Southeastern University. Our next shout-out goes to Georgia Gwinnett starting pitcher Hunter Peck, who threw a complete game shutout with a program record 18 strikeouts in the win over Lord. Peck has now thrown 38 innings this season without allowing an earned run. 38 innings pitch, 14 hits, zero earned runs, two walks, 56 strikeouts. Tabor second baseman Christian Stone went four for four with two doubles, two home runs, and 10 RBIs in the win over St. Mary. 10 RBI performance in one game, folks. So a 10 RBI performance in one game, that's an NAI season high. A shout out to union pitchers Matt Green 
and McKinley Sewell, who combined for a no-hitter in Game 3 over Brian. Green went six and a third with no runs and six strikeouts to start off the game. And then Sewell came in and shut the door, not only to complete the no-hitter, but to win the series for Union. A huge series win for them. Congratulations, though, on the no-hitter to Matt Green and McKinley Sewell. Kentucky Christian swept the AAC series over Montreat. That's a first conference series win and the first sweep in program history. Shout out and congratulations to Kentucky Christian. All names stand out for Southwestern Kansas. That's Sterling Sperling. Hit four home runs in one day versus York. He started the day three for three with three home runs, only seeing seven pitches. He's now hitting 457 on the year. I knew he was going to be good. As soon as I saw his name in the box where I was like, that guy can hit. I can just tell. When the name like Sterling Sperling, that's off to his parents, the confidence, because they knew that kid was going to be a baller. That is absolutely a fantastic name. Keeping things rolling here, Columbia third baseman Kenny Piper hit four home runs in one day against number 21 Lion. That's two, two home run games in the doubleheader against the Scots. Piper is now hitting 439 with nine long balls, and 22 RBIs this season. Crossroads League Player of the Week, Spring Arbor's Brent Mass deserves another shout-out for the 524 two-home run, 11 RBI clip down in Florida, and a big leadoff home run to open things up in the win over St. Thomas. Brescia freshman Eric Silvey threw a complete game shutout in the win over West Virginia Tech. Nine innings pitch, no runs, seven strikeouts. Mid-America Nazarene starting pitcher, Easton Garrett, seven innings pitch, no runs, five strikeouts in the conference win over Culver Stockton. He's only allowed two earned runs in his last 23 innings pitched. Northwestern freshman right fielder Kip Cullinan is hitting 482 with eight doubles, three home runs, and 15 RBIs this season. That's 482 with eight doubles, three home runs, and 15 RBIs this season. He went four for five in the game Sunday with a double, two long balls, and five RBIs. Needed a triple in his last at-bat for the cycle, but decided just to hit the long ball once again. Bethany swept the KCAC series over friends. No earned runs allowed this weekend in 25 innings pitch. A dominant start from Manuel Rodriguez, Josh McCat, and Jason Nowlin. The Swedes are rated as the top team in the KCAC this week, according to the KCAC poll. And then finally, a shout-out to Kaiser-designated hitter Carson Sherman, who went 15 for 24 last week with 12 runs, three home runs, 11 RBIs, and struck out just once for the entire week. Cody, man, a lot of shout-outs and mentions this week, a lot that we got to go over. What stood out the most to you? Just some really special pitching performances. We look at Our Lady of the Lake starter, Logan Garza, struck out 17 in a game this weekend. Hunter Peck at Gwinnett struck out 18. And then you look at Munch, striking out 20 of 21. I don't think I've ever heard of that at this level. It's the first time I've seen that. So just really incredible pitching. We rag on the hitting a lot, but we have guys striking out 17, 18, and 20 just this weekend. Yeah, there were some incredible, incredible, incredible performances. So a lot to go over. We'll get more to Munch here in a little bit. We move on now to our best of the week, our series reviews. Number 10, Oklahoma City won the Sooner Athletic Series over number 17, Texas Wesleyan, two games to one, which was our Silverback Sports, NAI Ball Podcast, big series of the week around the nation. The Rams won the opener 5-4 behind the arm of Gabriel Sequeria and Jesse Ramirez. Seven innings pitch, 
Two earned runs and nine strikeouts for the national strikeout leader in Sequeria. Ramirez pitched the final two innings and got to save in game one. And then game two was all OCU and a 24 to nothing beatdown. And then all name team standout cross factor in that game. Two home runs with nine RBIs. OCU starter Jake Patterson struck out 12 in a complete game shutout. Much tighter in the series finale, which went Oklahoma City's way by a final score of five to three. Yeah, I was really impressed with Oklahoma City. This is actually what I predicted. I thought Securio was going to go out there and get the win. He did. He looked awesome. And I just am really impressed with Oklahoma City to bounce back like I kind of just pictured they would. Offensively, they're so good. Uh, 24-0, don't think anyone saw that coming. But cross-factor, 9-RBI day, that's just incredible. And just to pick up, it's really needed for Oklahoma City. You know, they're not really probably want to be record-wise right now, but this is a really big series in the Sooner Athletic. They really needed to win. Number 11, Cumberland's out of Kentucky, won the Mid-South Series over number 25, Campbellsville, two games to one. The Patriots won the opener 9-0 behind Colton Easterwood's eight shutout innings of one-hit baseball with 10 strikeouts. Ray Villanueva went four for five with a home run and three RBIs. Another UC shutout, 3-0, as Nathan Geisler went five and a third scoreless with six strikeouts. Campbellsville rebounded on Sunday with 15 runs on 13 hits to win the finale. Yeah, really big weekend for Cumberland's. You know, go out there and throw two shutouts up on Saturday. Pitching was outstanding. I was able to catch both games. Easterwood dominant. Just giving up one hit on eight innings on the road at a team like Campbellsville. Incredible performance. Uh, Campbellsville, talk about the Sunday performance. They needed it. They needed to come out there and win big, and they did. They actually got a run rule victory. And uh, for a team that struggled to hit, that had to be pleasing for everyone. Martin Methodist took two at three for number 24 Mobile in a big early season Southern States Athletic Conference matchup. Lance Pope finished the series with four doubles, a home run, and five RBIs. Tyler Robb added six hits, a homer, and six RBIs. Martin Methodist ace Drew Bailey went seven and a third innings, two runs and ten strikeouts in another outstanding outing. Now 3-0 on the season with a 1.95 ERA in 32 innings pitched. Yeah, monster weekend for Martin Methodist. You know, big-time series win. I talked about it last week. You know, they had Mobile and Faulkner back-to-back. If they want to earn that ranking, they can do it right now. Drew Bailey's just been sensational this season, and I'm really looking forward to what he can do to Faulkner this weekend. Martin Methodist is a team that's really surprised me. They were still rated fourth in the conference today, even behind Mobile, which is a little bit surprising to both of us. But they're a team that's yes. starting to impress. And then, you know, 15-3, and three, that's impressive. Spring Arbor won five games in a row to capture the Warner Invitational Championship. A huge win over number two, St. Thomas University, 5-2, helped send them to the finals. Zach Crable went five and two-thirds innings with two earned runs in the win over the Bobcats. A great invite for Vincent Hirschberger. Two doubles, two home runs, and six RBIs. Two home runs for Brent Mast, who's hitting 476 this season. Impressive run, concluding with wins over Madonna, St. Thomas, and Mount Vernon Nazarene in the final. Cody, man, an impressive outing for Spring Arbor here, and they actually jump up to second in the Crossroads League ranking. Yeah, man, those are five big-time wins down in Florida. And it's really impressive. You told me that in that Warner invite that you had Spring Arbor coming out of it. I would probably say you're lying, but I was super impressed with the Cougars. Led St. Thomas from start to finish, dominant performance. That's the win over number two team in the country. At the time, that was the first NAIA win against St. Thomas this season. Spring Arbor, really good stuff. I mean, you got to win over a really good Madonna club. So it's just a big-time performance to Spring Arbor. Shout out to them. They're looking really good early. A huge crossroads league series win for Goshen over a red-hot Taylor team. Two to one. All three games were extremely competitive. Five hits and four RBIs for first baseman Cody McGuire. Six shutout innings for Braden Evans in game number two. 
Cody, this is a huge series win for Goshen, and it's something that really kind of cost Taylor a little bit because we'll talk about it in a little bit in the podcast. Literally, it's a segment away, but I mean that that hurt. Yeah, that, and actually, it really did. You know, probably let's be honest, it probably cost Taylor a top twenty-five spot. Uh, they fell from who were mean you thought were comfortably were the first team in the conference. I mean, they have wins over Lewis Clark State and Westmont out west. So, you know, we thought they were the best team in the crossroads through March, but they dropped two games to a sub-500 team in Goshen, and it really cost them in their rankings. And last but not least, we also want to give a shout-out to Union for winning the AAC Series over Bryan two games to one. Cody, moving on here to our NAI Ball Podcast Hitter and Pitcher of the Week. Our Hitter of the Week is Bethany Catcher Braden Scrivener, who goes 10 for 17 with four home runs and 10 RBIs. Cody, tell me a little bit more about what stood out to you from that performance this week. I mean, I just think he had the performance of his life. That team's really clicking right now. He played a good friends team, a friends team that pitched pretty well. Go out there, you have four home runs, you have 10 RBIs, just dominant performance. 10 of 17 is even more impressive to me. He was just locked in. Uh, he's been really good as a catcher for that team. He's catching a really good staff, doing it behind the plate too. You know, so shout out to him. And then our NAI ball podcast pitcher of the week is none other but Concordia Nebraska starting pitcher Jason Munch who struck out a school record 20 in a seven inning game 20 of the 21 outs recorded were by the way of punch out he threw 20 chairs an absolutely incredible performance 19 innings pitch 43 strikeouts no ERA Cody man I mean just a testament to how good this guy is. Oh, man, he's incredible. He actually lost a no-hitter on the final batter last week. Heartbreaking, man. Carried a no-hitter to the last out. Ended up not getting it. Still got the complete game shutout. Uh, he's just been terrific, man. He actually, folks at home don't know, he didn't even get the win in this start this week. Struck out 20 of 21. Got a no decision. His team gave up seven in the eighth inning. They ended up losing. Kind of heartbreaking, really, when you think about it. But he has just been sensational. He is a true shutdown Friday guy, and uh, he keeps Concordia team that's in the race for the GPAC all season. Cody, top 25 rundown right now. Who's in? Who's out? We, you and me together, see five to six teams dropping out, but Bellevue, Oklahoma Wesleyan, William Jessup, Weber International, and Lewis Clark State all have an opportunity to drop from the poll. Most of them will likely drop from the poll. And then I'm pretty interested to see what they do with Campbellsville at 25, like you stated earlier today on Twitter. This is going to be an absolutely incredible way to see what they do. I mean, I've, I've tried to pick some Raiders brains over this and see what they're thinking. I think it's going to be a really tough poll to put teams in as well as a really tough poll to rank teams in. And one of the things that that I want to go over with you is kind of what we see as a top 10. But first and foremost, give me your thoughts on those teams dropping out if, if that's something that you think is a pretty much a done deal. Well, I think for some of them it's a done deal. I think Bellevue's out, Oklahoma Wesleyan's out, William Jessup's out, and Weber International's out. Don't know for sure Lewis Clark State's out. You never know. You like to have that number on their name come May. But Campbellsville, it was big for them to get the win Sunday. They really needed the win Sunday, and they got it over Cumberland. So the team's going to be in the top eight. I think when you look at two teams we know for sure and just off conference ratings, we know Vanguard's in. They're the new number one in the GSAC, and we know Kaiser's in. You know, two things that I want to bring up with you here is I tweeted about them earlier today, CalPAC. So first and foremost, CalPAC. 
When I look at the Cal Pack ratings, Ben U Mesa is ranked number one. LC State ranked number two. Me personally, I don't see a two-team Cal Pack conference. So Ben U Mesa is going to be into the top 25 again, and they're going to be there. And then what do you do with, with LC? I mean, they, I don't think they make it. I don't think that, that LC makes – I think they make the top 30, but they don't make the top 25. So that that's my first issue here with top right, 25 I, rankings. Yeah, I just want to add something. The thing I agree with you on, LC will have a chance to get into the poll because their schedule the rest of the way is easier. They've played all their tough games. And when you look at the fact that they have played all their tough games, LC State was not good in their tough games. They went out to Arizona, they were 2-3, and three, and they played British Columbia, another quality team they played this year. And they were two and two. Other than that, they swept a D3 and they swept two teams that will finish the year well below 500. So when you look at really their best competition this year, they're five and five. And I just don't know if that'll get you in it. Like their other other big win early in the year was against a Jessup team that we know is out of the poll. So, you know, I just don't think they're top 25 right now. I really don't see a two team Cal Pack conference right now. I don't see it right now. Maybe. In a couple of weeks, we'll we'll see it again, depending on on how LC State does. I think that they'll jump back in the poll once the rest of their schedule gets rolling, and they are going to go into, you know, the World Series with a with a pretty good record right now, sitting at fourteen and five. But you're right; those tough NAI games that they played, they struggled in. Outside of that, my other issue was the Crossroads League. You and I were all set to put Taylor into the top twenty-five, thirteen and four overall. Here's the problem. Crossroads League rankings come in as one Mount Vernon Nazarene, two Spring Arbor, three Taylor. Here's how it works, folks, is you cannot rank somebody. So I cannot rank Taylor ahead of Mount Vernon Nazarene. So in the NAI, that one, two, and three, those teams have to be ranked ahead of, they have to be ranked ahead of each other. So Mount Vernon Nazarene has to be ranked in the top 25 ahead of Taylor. Mount Vernon Nazarene also has to be ranked ahead of Spring Arbor. So that means... Mount Vernon Nazarene and Spring Arbor would have to be in the top 25 poll for Taylor to also be in the top 25 poll. And Cody, I just don't see a three-team crossroads. Not going to happen. Not going to happen. No shot. There's an outside chance that Mount Vernon Nazarene. So there's an outside shot that Mount Vernon Nazarene will be ranked because they were ranked number one in their conference. We don't, we don't know if they're better than Spring Arbor or not. We're not saying that. But we are saying that just you have to go off the ratings in their conference, which is pretty silly, but... Yeah, so that's your. I agree with your point. Yeah, and and so it's. I, I'm not a huge fan of that. That oh, because you know we've got Taylor third, Spring Arbor second, Mount Vernon Nazarene one. We, you know those teams. We're not sure yet, but but I do like agree. I do agree with you 100. percent Mount Vernon Nazarene has an outside shot to be ranked in that top 25, but at the same time, Cody, 100 percent in my opinion, all three of those Crossroads League teams will be receiving votes in the poll. And I, I really do believe that, that they'll all make pretty much the top 30. Yeah, I think that's good for the Crossroads League. Honestly, good for Goshen this weekend to win. Because I do think you have really quality teams there. You know, not to name drop or anything, but I did speak with a coach at Southeastern this week that was really impressed with Mount Vernon Nazarene. Like, they played them last week. He talked about this week. And, you know, so that's a league that's, you know, looks really good so far this year. The other one I want to talk about, the other conference, is the KCAC. So Bethany comes in at number one. Gabe Grinder in Ottawa come in at number two. Tabor, three. McPherson, four. Southwestern, five. Friends, six. 
not even listed in the top six is Oklahoma Wesleyan. And we've gone over that already this season is Oklahoma Wesleyan. You and I thought that they were going to be really good. They've struggled so far this season. It's been a tough year for them right now. The way it looks, Cody, I mean, I didn't see Bethany as as the number one team in the KCAC when the season started, but right now seven and one in conference play, sixteen and ten overall. And that's that's pretty dang good. Yeah, and honestly, their pitchers are really good. Manuel Rodriguez, two point seven three ERA. Jason Allen, three point six eight ERA. These guys have been really good on the mound. They just swapped friends, like you said, they didn't give up an earned run against friends this weekend. So I think the KCAC is so wide open this year, man. It's fun because I don't know who's going to win it. You know, like I said, last week we leaned Tabor, and if I had to pick today, I would still pick Tabor again. But, you know, I'm not betting any money on it. It's really that wide open. I don't know. Bethany has an opportunity. Ottawa has an opportunity. Southwestern's playing good baseball. This is a fun conference. Cody, are there any other conferences that kind of stand out to you that that had some weird rankings or or anything else really happen? I think it was pretty cut and dry in a lot of places. Well, yeah, I think that we found out right away the Sun Conference, Southeastern was ranked ahead of St. Thomas. So we know right away Southeasterners jump in St. Thomas in the poll. That's what that means at home. Is is that that. your number one team? Absolutely. Southeastern is the number one team in the country right now. They've earned it up to date. They've only lost one game this year. It was against Georgia Gwinnett. Uh, They've just been dominating people. It's really how they're winning. They're beating people down. They're run rolling people every week. Yeah, Southeastern's number one team. So outside of that, and the other conference I just want to jump on really quickly before we do our top fives, the Southern States Athletic Conference. I don't get it. I don't get why Mobile is ranked ahead of Martin Methodist. They literally just played this weekend. Um, the rankings, they had time to rank after that, so I don't understand it. Martin Methodist won the series against Mobile. Uh, they were leading a lot in the game one, too. They lost, so uh, I don't understand that. I don't agree with that at all. I think they should be ranked ahead of Mobile. Yeah, there were there were some interesting conference rankings, uh, but there were also, you know, a, a lot of conference rankings that were pretty cut and dry. But Cody, I would really love to go over your top five with you. I mean, right now, I think for myself, it's pretty straightforward. For me, Southeastern University is my number one team in the nation. They're they're the number one team in the nation. I think they're playing the best brand of baseball right now that there is. And then after that, Cody, I'm going to go with USAO two, Georgia Gwinnett three, St. Thomas university four, and then freed Hardman. Who's lost some games. We expected them to win. I'm still keeping them at five because I think when it's all said and done, they're going to be really, really good towards the end of the season. They're going to be playing good baseball. And so I still think they're the fifth best team in the nation. Yeah. I mean, I hear you. I'm hearing you out totally. So for me right now, personally, what I'm going to do, I would go Southeastern number one, pretty clear cut. I'll go Science Narch number two. I think that's pretty easy too. Uh, there's some back and forth on whether or not you'd have Gwinnett or St. Thomas three. I can see cases for both ways. I would go Gwinnett. Uh, St. Thomas honestly losing games to Spring Garber. They lost badly to Warner. I think that hurt them last week. Gwinnett's won 22 in a row. Their only losses are to Southeastern, who we have number one. You know, I feel good about them at number three. I would put St. Thomas number four right behind them. And then I think you could go a couple of different directions. I think you can go Cumberland's Kentucky. I think that's a possibility. I think Tennessee Wesleyan may be a possibility. And then I think Free Hardeman's also an outside shot. I guess while we're on topic, you know, I, I really, I think six through 10 for me is a mix of teams between Cumberland's, LSU Shreveport, Faulkner, Tennessee Wesleyan, and, and Indiana Tech. And I think there's a lot of different ways you could mix and match those teams. But I think that's pretty straightforward, Cody, that those are the 10 best teams in the nation right now. 
Yeah, I mean, I absolutely agree with you. I mean, I think it's hard to say for sure. Like, we're not saying who's the best team that's going to lose in, but we think that these teams through March 7th are definitely probably the best 10 teams in the country. I mean, I just don't – it's hard to look down that list and see who's closed that gap. You know, Central Methodist is probably pretty close. Indiana Southeast, they're close to the top 10. You know, we'll see what they do with Central Methodist and Indiana Southeast. But right now, those 10 teams playing really good baseball. And honestly, if we're going to just break it down – I think the top five teams in the country, maybe even the top three, uh, are playing really, really, really at an extraordinary level. I mean, you look what Southeastern's doing, man. They're hitting 390 as a team. And like I said, check out some of their box scores. They're run ruling everyone they play. Uh, they are an elite baseball team. Look at Science and Arts. Their pitching has just been incredible. I mean, they're giving up less than two runs a game. That is sensational. So I feel good about the one and two. I don't think you can even argue it. I really would be extremely surprised if this poll came out today. And Southeastern is not number one. And Science and Arts is not number two. USAO, we say it all the time. And in in my opinion, 100%, they are the best non-D1 rotation and staff around. They've got guys that throw gas. They've got guys that locate well. They've got guys with fastball, good fastballs, but then secondary pitches that they can throw for strikes and they can command. That's an incredible pitching staff. Southeastern has a really good pitching staff. They're getting a little bit healthier. And then at the same time, offensively, they're still going to rake. You know, we we want nothing but the best for Christian Martin. And hopefully, you know, he's able to get healthy and we'll see him out there maybe next year. But Southeastern absolutely can rake. Science and Arts absolutely can pitch and they can hit. I think those are the two most complete teams in the nation right now. Cody, man, let's get to our big series of the week. And before we do some games and series that we'll be watching from around the nation, Georgia Gwinnett will host British Columbia and Indiana Tech this weekend. That's something we'll be watching. Faulkner versus Martin Methodist Mobile, William Carey. Central Methodist University versus Evangel. LSU Shreveport, Texas College. Dakota Wesleyan versus Jamestown. Bruton Parker versus Loyola. LSU Alexandria and Our Lady of the Lake. Arizona Christian versus the Masters, Mid-American Nazarene versus Benedictine, and then Bethel versus Spring Arbor. Cody, which of those will you be watching? Will you be taking in a GGC game this weekend? Well, you know I'm going to take in Gwinnett and Tech. I mean, that's a top 10 matchup for sure. I'm definitely going to that game. Bruton Parker, Loyola, because I don't know where these two teams stand. They both started the season with great records against inferior competition. Uh, They both had setbacks lately. And I really don't know who is better. And that's just kind of one of those things for me. I like to watch and see, you know, who's better of these teams. I don't know. They both won 14 games early. They both had some setbacks. Where are they at? They're playing each other this weekend. Let's find out. One of the things I'm excited for, Cody, is in about a week, I'm going to get to see LSU Shreveport. I think that they're a really good team. I think that they're a team that we can't say they've flown under the radar because they've done some really impressive things. But I'm watching them right now as we're recording this podcast. They're playing William Carey. It's 11 nothing. LSUS just put up an 11 spot in the bottom of the first on William Carey. I think this is an LSUS team that can hit. I'm excited to watch them play UHV here in a couple weeks. Uh, Victoria, just two two hours away from me, uh, a little bit closer than Our Lady of the Lake in San Antonio, which is four. So I'm, I'm looking forward to taking in that series. And, of course, I will be checking out GGC versus British Columbia and Indiana Tech. GGC, of course, with a great broadcast. And then there's some other games from around the nation that I really want to check out. Evangel with a hot start to the year, especially in conference play, how they handle Central 
Methodist, and then Faulkner versus Martin Methodist. It's an opportunity for Martin Methodist to really make a statement, but at the same time, an opportunity for Faulkner to try to get some separation from some teams and and get up there in the SSAC standings. So definitely, definitely, definitely a a lot, just a lot of good matchups this weekend, and it's only going to continue to get better as conference play goes on. Silverback Sports, big series of the week. And our first one, Cody, is a great one. IUS versus Point Park. It's a great rivalry, Cody, for Point Park. Nine and three, coming off a series loss to IU Kokomo. Point Park will also face Mid-South Conference Georgetown on Friday before their conference matchup with IUS. Offensively, Antonio Carillo leads the way with a 400 average, three home runs, 13 RBIs for Point Park. On the mound, Marco Quintanar is... 3-0 3-0 and with a 275 ERA in 19 and two-thirds innings pitch with a team-high 20 Ks. For IU Southeast, they're 17-1, and undefeated in River State's play so far. As a team, they're hitting 355. Dante DeCello is hitting 531 in 16 starts with a team-high 26 hits. He also has 21 RBIs. Clay Wiesty is hitting 343 with a team high in home runs with five and team high 22 RBIs. He's also 14 for 14 in stolen bags. And Hunter Cloak is just absolutely incredible on the mound. 5-0 and with a 2-4-5 ERA in 29 and a third innings pitch. Cody, tell me a little bit more about this series. I mean, this is just a big-time matchup. These are the best two programs in the River States. Uh, they have been for the last couple of years. Uh, interesting enough, these two finished one and two in the conference the last couple of years. They're 18 and 18 against each other. Um, obviously as even as you can be, and it's just a big-time matchup. Talk about Hunter Cloak for IU Southeast. He's a guy that's going to pitch in the Cape Cod, uh, super well-respected, got a 2.85 ERA, uh, he's big-time talent. We know Clay Weesey, the preseason All-American, has five home runs already, 14-14 stolen bases. Uh, DeCello, the nine-hole hitter. Guy's hitting in the nine-hole, he's hitting 556 on the year, just incredible. So you have Weesey leading off, Dante down there at the bottom. That's just a really good lineup, man. They're hitting 355 as a team, and it shows. For Point Park, man, this is the team 47-9 and nine two years ago. They were playing for a chance to go to Lewiston. Played Northwestern Ohio, came up short, finished second in the regional. But, yeah, man, this is a team that's in the heart of Pittsburgh, really good program. You look at Carrillo, like you said, he's a leadoff hitter for them as well. Both teams have great leadoff hitters. You know, he leads the team with home runs, three, got 13 RBIs. Ed Fluger pimped a home run this week. We put it on the Instagram. Hit eight bombs last year. He's a really good player with 39 RBIs. So I just anytime we see this matchup, it's going to be a big series of the week because this series could literally decide the River States Conference. Yeah, it's huge. It's huge. It's huge. I'm excited. This is one that I always get up for. This is one that I always love to see because these two teams, they get after it. They get after it, and it's going to decide the RSC a lot of times at the end of the day. So definitely, definitely, definitely looking forward to this matchup here between these two teams. But... Our Silverback Sports NAI Ball Podcast National Series of the Week is none other than Vanguard versus Westmont. We take it out to California. Vanguard, Cody, 21-6. and six. They face a big test in the form of Westmont. Vanguard hitting 348 as a team. Landon Riker has a team high in hits with 40, home runs with 7, and RBIs with 32. Pitching-wise, Devin Satorius, is 3 and 0 with a 150 ERA in 24 innings pitch. Vanguard ranks 4th nationally in hits per game, 3rd nationally in hits with 305 currently, and number 1 in the nation 
in fielding percentage with a 980 fielding percentage, 18 errors in 225 attempts. For Westmont, they got off to a slow start, Cody. There's no denying that, but they've picked it up. They're 13-3 and in GSAC play nationally. Devin Pettis has flown under the radar, but he's hitting nine home runs with 23 RBIs. Taylor Garcia leads the team and hits with 34. Pitching, though, is the strong suit for Westmont. They've got a staff ERA of 293. Corey Dawson has 64 strikeouts in just 43 and a third innings pitch. Justin Sanders and James Kruger are a combined 10 and 0 with a 138 and a 185 ERA, respectively. Cody McLean and Bailey Reed are big time back end bullpen guys, huge pieces down the road for Westmont. Westmont ranks number one nationally for total batters struck out with 252 and number five nationally with ERA. So Cody, you've got a top five offense in hits per game, top five offense in hits against a top five pitching staff in the nation going at it here. I'm excited for this one. This is going to be a great series and it's going to have a huge impact on the way that the GSAC is decided. Vanguard's going to be ranked today, so we know that this is going to be a top 25 matchup. Big time, man. Vanguard leads this series 102-76. to Yeah, these boys have played a couple of times. Westmont's won six of the last ten. Fun fact here, they first played their first game in 1974. Westmont won a thriller 7-6. to So these guys have been going at it for a long time. Like you talked about Corey Dawson, just a dude, man. Only nine walks on the season. He's a workhorse, man. He's been eight innings three different times this year. Has a sub-3 RA. He's their Friday guy. He has been incredible. Uh, Got to give a shout-out to the shortstop, Taylor Garcia. He's a dude. He's hit 300 three years in a row. He's been there forever now, and he's just constantly producing. He's a leadoff hitter. He's going to get on base. He's going to get over, and he's going to get in. For Vanguard this year, obviously I think the big difference so far this season is their offense has been much better. Offensively, they are just on a tear. You look at a guy like Aki Bucketson. He's on fire, man. He's hitting 450 in the conference just off GSAC pitching with four bombs. He already has 25 RBIs this season. That's a nasty lineup for Vanguard. You go Buxton, Landon Riker, Joe Johnson, and Chad Sutton, back to back to back to back. That is tough to pitch to. All those guys are hitting north of 350. Vanguard is very good offensively. This is going to be the best pitching staff they've seen this year. Westmont coming off a couple of shutouts against Menlo. Man, I'm really looking forward to this one because, like you said, it's really offense first pitching. Yeah, this is going to be an awesome series. I mean, this is huge, and we talk so much about how the GSAC is just absolutely dog-eat-dog, and it's going to be huge because when you look at it in the GSAC right now, these are the one-and-two teams. Westmont's 13-3, and Vanguard's 9-3. and It's a huge opportunity for them, and if they split or something weird happens, either way, it's just a better opportunity for more chaos in the GSAC, which came down to the wire last year, but it's better for Hope International, it's better for William Jessup, it's better for Arizona Christian, who all have winning records right now. I mean, in that conference, the Masters, Arizona Christian, William Jessup, Hope International, Vanguard, and Westmont. Six teams of the nine all have winning records. So definitely, definitely, definitely going to be a huge series. I'm looking forward to this one. It's going to be offense versus a great pitching staff. I'm looking forward to what both of these clubs can do. Cody, man, last but not least, conference talk, picking some winners, picking some dark horses. And I am going to start things off here with the Appalachian 
athletic conference. So the way that this conference shapes up right now, just to give you the idea, on March 10th, Reinhardt and Milligan are 1-2 in this conference, both with 5-1 and one records. But I'm going to stick, Cody, with Tennessee Wesley, and they're 3-3 three and three right now in AAC play. Really slow start for them, but I think right now they're not totally healthy. They're 14-6 and six overall. I think things change once they get a little bit healthier. Things will go different. I still see Tennessee Wesleyan as the favorite to win that conference. And then my dark horse, I mean, if you look at their record at 12-4, and 4-2 four, four and two overall in conference, they're not a total dark horse. But something just tells me that Point has the opportunity to win that conference. And so I'm going to go with Point as my dark horse. Tell me a little bit more about your AAC picks. Yeah, I think the people that are like seeing Tennessee Wesleyan drop games and, you know, don't buy into that fool's goal, man. That's a really good program. They didn't have Bryce Giles. They didn't have Gary Mattis. They didn't have Anthony Williams. I mean, you look at the people not playing in these games right now. They have some of their best talent not playing right now. So this is a team that's going to get better and they are going to produce down the stretch. They're going to win the conference. What has it been like 17 years in a row? I'm not picking against them. So I'm picking Tennessee Wesleyan to win the conference. I think they're going to be fine. I mean, people talking about if the pitching dropped off, the pitching dropped off. But the pitching doesn't have to be stellar when you're going to score that many runs a game. I trust Tennessee Wesleyan because I know how well they're coached by Billy Berry. I'm going to go Tennessee Wesleyan. If I had to pick a team that could finish, I'll just pick the team that I think will come in second. And I think it's still going to be Brian. I'm not giving up on Brian. I think Brian's really talented. I think Joseph Kumo's a really good pitcher. They got Wayne Weinberger back for his 19th season. So I love the the Lions, and I'm still going with Brian. I'm not giving up on them. I think uh, he and I are are on the 10-year – we were on the 10-year plan because I felt like I was in college forever and a day also. One of the things we talked about in the beginning of the year for Tennessee Wesleyan was the fact that they're replacing 350 innings pitch. It's hard to keep up that level of pitching when you have to replace an entire staff. That's really difficult, and I think so far they've done so well. They've dropped some games that we expected them not to drop, but there's a lot of teams around the nation that have done that. We can point to to Faulkner, who's dropped four games. Faulkner should be undefeated right now. Faulkner's dropped four games that we did not expect them to drop. So Cody and I both going with Tennessee Wesleyan as the favorite there in the Appalachian Athletic. Cody, man, we move on to the G-Pack. I'm going with Concordia, Nebraska, who's 10 and 7 on the year. I just, something tells me that, that Munch is, is going to be big for them in those first games. This is a, a conference that only one conference series has been played. Midland right now actually is in first place in the conference with a 3 1 record. They won three games over Dort. My dark horse, and I'm, I went with a true dark horse here. They're 13 and 5, but they have a 353 team average, is Mount Marty. Now, if, if, and I think this is the way you'll go, Cody, but I think really all signs, if you're not me who picked Concordia, Nebraska, but all signs point to Jamestown. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, the conference rated Jamestown as the number one team, and I don't disagree. You look at Jamestown, that's just such a good program. You know, I really like what they do up there. Talk about it. They've won 50 games a couple of years ago, won 40 a couple of years straight. They ended up winning 39 last year, uh, played in the GPAC championship in the tournament as in their first year. So, I mean, I really like what the Jimmies can do. I'm going to pick them to win the conference again. And, you know, no really sleeper here. I'm going with Concordia. If they're not going to win, I would go Concordia as the sleeper. I just think their pitching is really good with Munch, Nick Little. Uh, the Bulldogs have been having really good pitching staff. But, you know, this is a wide-open conference. I like Mount Marty, too. Obviously, they do a lot of good things up there. Hey, guys. Due to some technical difficulties, we had to cut the last 10 minutes of the podcast. Unfortunately, this includes the SSAC portion where we were going to make – 
predictions on our conference winners and our dark horse in the conference. So we'll do that next week. Not a big deal. Back at it next week here on the NAI Ball Podcast. As always, I'm Robbie Gutierrez. So if you want to talk NAI baseball, you can reach me at RobG1063 on Twitter. As always, find us on Instagram at NAI Ball. You can find Cody at NAI Ball on Twitter as well for all of your new stat scores and information all year long. We literally don't take a break. We'll cover you whenever. Even into the pros, we're going to cover guys from the NAI into pro baseball. So until next week, we hope you have a great day and an even better tomorrow.